select John Moran at the top of Memphis's draft board here at 21, I'm told, Gonzaga's Brandon Clark. The Memphis Grizzlies select Jerry Jackson Jr. Bridge makes game, you hear me? Hello and welcome into another episode of the Next Gen Podcast here on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bryson Wright, and I am joined by the tribal chief of Grizzlies Twitter, Anthony Sane. Sane, how you doing, man? I'm good, Bryson, man. Glad to be on here with you, my guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, But yeah, the first thing we're going to get into a little bit about kind of the expectations for the season and the roster. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the big thing coming out today is the John Morant shoe deal most likely coming next summer i know josh said uh that we had heard something before he did then he deleted the tweet so it kind of seems like it it, it's probably going to happen next summer very excited for that it kind of seems like we knew that was coming it seems like nike is kind of grooming him to be the Mm -hmm. next Kyrie. Mm -hmm. now with all the stuff that's going on with Kyrie, so i I think he's going to be the next one he has the same i feel like he has the same effect on like the kids that Kyrie did when he was first coming out, like in the early 2010s. I think that Ja is pretty much the most light Kyrie kind of in terms of like the handles and finishes and all that. So I think they're going to try to go with him like right. that too. Yeah, Ja has a uh, very unique marketability. Uh, I talk about this all the time. He has the uh, street cred or the hip hop vibe that uh, an Allen Iverson had when he was a mega star in the NBA. Uh, I remember when Iverson would come to games in the pyramid and it was like it was a Sixers game. You know, it was almost like you were at a Sixers home game. Um, mm-hmm. The way that the fans here and even here in the city would turn out for Allen Iverson. He's got that hip hop appeal, like I said, where the same way that Allen Iverson looked, sounded, dressed like the hip hop artists at that time, Ja looks, sounds, and dresses like the hip hop artists of today. Um, and I think he's got that appeal on top of the the kids' appeal. Um, he's a guy who's very popular with kids like a. a like a Steph Curry, and I think he's a truly unicorn when it comes down to that marketability. Uh, he's kind of, um, kind of like worn some of his luster off a little bit with some of the things he's done on Twitter, uh, some of the things he said, just kind of going back and forth with fans or whatever. But um, that's that's all part of that hip hop appeal that that is uh, John Morant. Uh, like I said, I think he's a very interesting uh, unicorn of uh, of marketability, so to speak. And um, the, the shoe thing is super exciting. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by the timing of it. It's something I've been kind of predicting that uh, you'll see Ja with the shoe. I was predicting NBA 2K cover this year. Maybe they go, um, I want to say next year is the 25th edition. Yeah, I think NBA 2K24 will be the actual 25th an- anniversary. Yeah, that I'm, sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, so I'm thinking AI was the cover athlete of the first 2K, and you do AI and Ja for your cover. Athletes. Oh, that would be awesome. That's what That'd I'm thinking. Awesome. Either both of them together or maybe like a Legends Edition, AI, and, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how I'm looking at it. That's what I'm hoping happens next year with NBA 2K. Um, I think that his tweet was kind of planned, maybe. Just kind of a, I, 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 I listen to the Joe Budden podcast a lot where they say that everything is a rollout, and I do believe that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think – I don't think Ja – I don't think that that uh, publication was making this up. I think that Ja does have a shoe out. He may have wanted to put the information out before anyone else, but I think that it is legit information. They had like color codes and 
stock number. Yeah, yeah, that was the big thing. When it, yeah. it had like the prices, it had the different colorways, mm-hmm. it had all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. It seemed like it was some pretty good information. Right. And the accounts it was coming from was like verified accounts with over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. followers. So right. I, I believe it. Yeah, and that um their price point sounds uh real to me as well. Uh, I think it's retailing for hundred and ten dollars. Um I was talking to um my guy Jay who does the sneaker fest. Mm-hmm. He said you can always tell uh, when a player is getting ready to get a shoe because uh, Nike will have him wearing older shoes. And I said, what does that matter? I mean, I see guys wear older shoes all the time. He said, yeah. He said, but the thing is, the shoes that are that are uh, high dollar shoes have a newer tech in them. But the older shoes, that's standard tech, that's low level tech now in, in the older shoes. So guys, are, guys who are about to get a shoe, they don't know if they can sell a high dollar shoe with high dollar tech in it. So they give them an older shoe. They give them a shoe with lower tech in it or an older shoe to wear to get them get their feet adjusted to wearing that lower tech shoe. Because a lot of times they guys come in the league and they want to wear the most expensive shoes, but they dial them back a little bit uh, when they get ready to get their own signature shoe. Um, so that's what and that price point lines up with y'all having uh, his first shoe. It's the lower price point of one hundred and ten dollars. Um, I'm expecting it to be a pretty clean shoe, man. Um, I know. Oh, yeah, people I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be interesting that, that you got a player who here who has a Nike deal, and there's also the Nike factory store here. So I want mm-hmm. <laughs> to see how that works. Um, so many people are probably gonna have that shoe for sure if it's available to buy in the Nike store. Uh, it's gonna be super exciting, though, man. I'm excited about it. Looks like it's got three unique uh, colorways coming out forward. Uh, it's a big deal, man. Like we've never had anyone here in the city of Memphis with this level of marketability. We've seen this kid on Spider-Man commercials and Hulu and. It's incredible, man, and uh, I'm excited for him, and I'm excited for the city. Yeah, for sure, because w- when I talked about it on the last episode, too, it's kind of like even growing up as a Grizzlies fan, I think it was kind of like people that are older than me, it was kind of just a shock to even have a team in the first right. place, to get mm-hmm. a team at first. But then for me, the team was always there when I was growing up, so it's kind of like a different step now that it's taken from, okay, we got a team, and now it's like this is a team that is marketable on a national scale, getting like top 10 in Jersey sales and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's so unreal, it's, man. Yeah. Because I remember um, I was probably your age when the Grizzlies got here. How old are you now? 21. Yeah, I was exactly your age when the Grizzlies got here. And I remember I was working at uh, Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Working at Foot Locker, and we got we had Grizzlies jerseys in, gear, hats, all this type of stuff. They would have to put the Grizzlies stuff on clearance to move it. And I bought I, I bought Grizzlies jerseys because they were on clearance. I had a Jason Williams and had a Shane Battier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. uh it is like that stuff didn't move, man. And now we've got a guy who's, you know, a top jersey seller in the entire NBA. It's it's mind blowing, bro. Because I remember when it was not cool to be a Grizzlies fan. I remember when I was getting I, my, I do too. Yeah, I remember buying my no, you have no memory of us being that team. None. That's not young. true. Hold up. I remember watching Damon Stoudemire and all them play. Come on now. All right. Well, you, I was, you remember I was, that. You remember that. Yeah. I, I was I was only like six or seven. I, I'm not saying I got like distinct memories. I remember yeah. I remember them though. So yeah. you, you got the same memories my son has of the Grizzlies. So I, 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 that's fair. <laughs> it's fair enough for sure. But um, what I was saying was that it's crazy because I, I used to buy um power packs back then, which were like you get like seven a pack of like seven games and the power pack would advertise the other team. Like you would get mm-hmm. this pack of tickets and on the tickets, it'll have somebody from the other team on there. Uh, and I remember getting those and uh, 
bumming rides down to the farm. I I hadn't I didn't have a car back then. How I was getting here and back, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't even remember, <laughs> be honest with you. But um, you know, just going to those games as, as a uh, young man your age and seeing where they are now, man, um, it's it's phenomenal, man. It's 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 unbelievable to see what they're doing now. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I'm pretty sure that would be the first signature shoe that they've had for an active Grizzly. Obviously, we had Allen Iverson, but yeah. that was way after, <laughs> way mm-hmm. after he had had all his shoe deals and everything. But yeah, I, I'm very excited for the new shoe. I, I, I'm hoping it's gonna look good. I think that he's probably gonna have at least some kind of a little bit of say in the design. I don't know how much they do for the first shoe or if that takes yeah. a while before you get more into the design yeah, he'll process. Probably, they'll probably do something like some little touch to it that's signature to him. You know? Yeah, and then probably something signature to Memphis too. I hope they include mm-hmm. something. Maybe, I'm sure one of them is going to be like blue or something and they'll just yeah. go with that. that. That'll probably be the best thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, moving on from John Morant himself, we also have... Uh, just talking about the team in general going into this next season, as people are kind of putting out their predictions for the Western Conference and everything, I've noticed a lot of people are seeing are having the Grizzlies kind of like in the play-in range more than the playoff range, which I'm a little bit surprised by. I, I understand. I didn't realize that so many people would think that DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson would change the course of the team as much as it seems like everybody is saying it will, which I don't know if I'm necessarily – agreeing with that i think that obviously i think that they had they they had an impact on the team but i don't think it's the difference between 56 wins and the playing game that's the way that i kind of look at it mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i don't know if i really buy what everybody is selling this will be the second year in a row i feel like where people are kind of mm-hmm. underestimating them so i'm i'm, I'm kind of glad I, I thought that at the end of last year the underdog effect was kind of gonna go away from the team. Mm-hmm. I'm ki- I'm kind of glad it's not. I'm kind of glad that there's still a little bit of that right, there. A chip on the shoulder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Bryson, we we survived. Uh, no Jay Crowder. Uh, we was, <laughs> you know what I mean. We survived. <laughs> we survived. Uh, 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 what's the other one? Um, Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow. Roster. Yep. We we survived those things that people said we wouldn't overcome. We we survived not playing Josh Jackson. That's one that hurts me personally. We so we survived those things. Uh, we survived getting rid of uh, JV Jonas Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. Somehow we overcame that. You know what I mean? Um, and in the grand scheme of things, I think that losing Cal and, and Anthony Melton is very small. I could very well be wrong. I know those are two guys that were, um, you know, you know, kind of. You know, uh, Ja was really good friends with DeAnthony, I believe. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what, you know, is what the feeling was. Those two guys were good. Kyle was good in the locker room, one of the older guys on the team. Man, we'll be fine, man. Is that like you lost yeah. a major player? This team is as good as and has been for the past uh, few years, as good as Jaron Jackson Jr., Ja Morant, Dylan Brooks, and now this all-star level player we have in Desmond Bay. That is the core of this team. And if you've got those four players on your team, that's your floor, man. Your floor is going to be a top five, six level team. I think they're going. I think the lowest they'll be this year is is a, a top four seat by the end of the season. Will they be lower than that at some point? Of course they will. But I think that they will finish in the top four uh, this season. I think that. I don't think Jaron's going to be out too long. Um, I think mm-hmm. he'll be back by. Uh, I think he'll definitely be playing in the Christmas game. Um, I don't. I don't think he's going to be out long, man. The, the Grizzlies don't mess around with deadlines. They're either gonna they're either gonna get they're either gonna not say anything and get themselves an out, or they're gonna get themselves a date and hold to it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fact that they said four to six months with Jaron, I believe it. That that's actually going to happen. Yeah, so, I, but- I agree with that. I, I think that it will be four to six. Like, it seems like it could be even earlier than that. I've heard some people saying that he might be back by Thanksgiving yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. obviously, it's the only person who really knows right now would be Jaron himself. But mm-hmm. everything that he said publicly has been that the foot feels fine and that he's going to be ready. Yeah. Now, whether that's ready for obviously not for preseason, but whether that's ready for the first game of the regular season or ready for about 10, 15 games in, I think that the Grizzlies will find a way to just stay in the, like stay in the race while he's not in. Mm-hmm. And then once sure. he comes back, like that, that's all they have to do. And something we we're forgetting about, man, Dylan Brooks missed a lot of games last year. Yep. Ja Morant missed a lot of games last year and we still were the second best team in the NBA. If we can stay relatively healthy, that team's going to find a way to win, man. I mean, and, and like I said, Jaron is a big deal. He is the anchor to our defense. His rim protection and being able to switch the way he does really helps us a lot. So we need him there. But I just don't think he's going to be out long. And the schedule is kind of favorable for us while he's out as well. I just don't see how people can think that this team is going to get worse. This is a young team who's progressing. Uh, they lost they lost two role players, but it's not like you lost guys that are like world beaters, man. They're guys who, and quite frankly, Kyle Anderson, with all the things that Kyle did, Kyle made us extremely he, – he made us easier to defend than we should have been. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? agree with that. When you, sure. got a, when you have a guy out there who's no three-point threat at all, his man gets to cheat on to Ja. And that little, even that little half step that he can cheat off of Kyle makes you makes you that much uh, more uh, uh, able to guard a guy like Ja Morant. So if you can stick a guy in the corner like some of the rookies we got this year or, or whoever you have out there as, as uh, opposed to uh, Kyle Anderson, that guy's got to play Ja a little bit more honest. And he's going to get some opportunities to get to the basket even easier. So – you know, D'Angelo Melton, we know about his inconsistencies. Sometimes he looked like one of the better six men in the league. Sometimes looked like he was just a horrible basketball player at times. So, yeah, we'll see, though, true. man. And in this organization, they've hit on rookies every draft. And they had four shots at it this year. One of those guys is going to be good. I mean, I, I just – there's no way I, I can think that they're not going to – every year we've had some rookie that's been able to contribute um, more than we thought he would. If you Nothing if you about- had to pick one this year, who would you pick to be the one? For me, um, for me, I'm going with. I think I'm going to go with David Roddy. I, I'm you know I've slowly gotten into the David Roddy being the rookie that I think is. I don't know. It, it's between him and Laravia, but I think both of them will be ready to play day one. Obviously, they're not going to play awesome. I don't think the beginning of the season, but by the time we get to January, February, I think they're both going to be solid. Yeah, man. Um. I think both of those guys are going to be good. Um, I think Roddy physically is ready to, to kind of get out there now. I don't know conditioning-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he's got the uh, conditioning to be out there right now. Um, but I think LaRavia, just because guys are going to guard him as a three-point shooter, I think that's a valuable asset that we had. Just like I was talking about Kyle, no one respected him as a shooter. If LaRavia is out there, somebody's going to guard him. Yeah, so that's, that's the one man. thing he can yeah. do for sure. Yeah, Even if he's not taking shots, he he's – he, you're going to have to guard him. You're going to have to play him honest, and it's going to open up lanes for Ja and for other guys to do what they need to do. And, uh, yeah, I think both of those guys could could best him out and be serious con- contributors this season. 
Yeah, definitely. And that's definitely going to be a big part of the Grizzlies staying in the contention race in the West. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of other teams that have made some moves. The Timberwolves made moves. Uh, the Warriors are still there. Uh, the Nuggets are going to be healthy again. We'll see about the Clippers if they're actually going to be healthy. It seems like they say the Clippers are going to be healthy this year. Those two going to be good, man. And they're not. I think, I think, I think they Wall, will be if they yeah. stay healthy. That's the only thing, though, yeah. is that every year it's like if they stay healthy, they're going to be good. And they just haven't proven that they can stay healthy for a whole year yet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Because if, if John Wall, I think John Wall is going to be great for them. So, yeah. So, yeah. Guess, that, yeah. It's, it's definitely it. I think it's definitely going to be tougher. That's why I'm not necessarily saying they're going to go back to the two seed again. Like, I do think the West might be a little bit tougher near the top. I, I think that there's going to be. Uh, a, a lot of important games like down the stretch of the season more so than this year where they kind of had the two seed locked up uh, at like four or five games. I think like they're not going to, they're probably not going to be resting people that last game. They're probably going to be fighting for position until the end of the season this year. Mm-hmm. That, that's the way I'm looking at it. But uh, still, I, I still have confidence that they can be, like you said, top four, top five in the West. I think that's the goal at least. And then mm-hmm. as long as everybody's healthy, once they get to the playoffs, right. Those four guys with Ja, Jaron, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, and then you throw in a guy like Zaire, who I think is going to take a step forward this mm-hmm. year. If he can be kind of like the six man, I think right. that's just going to be. You've got Brandon Clark and, and this, and uh, Dylan Brooks, who are both on contract years, you're going to get maximum yep. effort from both of those guys. So, you know, and we've never seen BC in this, position where you assume he's going to be healthy and he's in a contract year so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what that could look like yeah definitely and then uh, another thing that I did want to touch on there there have been some trade rumors with the Jazz today I saw I saw you talking I'm, about I'm it tired of it already man I'm tired of- <laughs> I saw you talking about it that's why I had to bring it up with uh Boyan Bogdanovich and then Jordan Clarkson now of those two I would rather have Boyan Bogdanovich I'm not sure if I'm ready to say I'd have either of them, but I feel like Jordan Clarkson is like Dylan Brooks without the defense. So, right. <laughs> and it was so a guy like, I don't know if there's a guy what, arguing yeah. on Twitter. I'm like, man, I, I said Jordan Clarkson is not a front office guy. The Grizzlies have never coveted low IQ basketball players. The four mm-hmm. guys that they went out and drafted, all high basketball IQ guys, guys that, you know, give maximum effort on defense. That's what they want. Guys who are intelligent, who who play defense, get in passing lanes, can knock down shots, can, you know, dribble the ball. Jordan Clarkson, man, he's your he's your classic, you know, uh Facebook guy. <laughs> he's a guy yeah. that a lot of your Facebook fans like. And I get it. I understand why people like Jordan Clark Clarkson. He gets buckets. One of the horrible defender, one of the reasons why uh, Utah's perimeter defense is so bad. Um, yeah, not I'm I'm I like him. He's cool. But I just don't see how he fits in here with us um, at all. I don't think he's I don't think that he's the type of guy that our front office would like at all. I mean, just to be honest with you. And um, Bogdanovich, I get that as well. Guy can knock down shots. He can put the ball on the ground a little bit. Uh, looks like Taylor Jenkins' son. Uh, if you uh, take a look at if you look at him, it looks like Taylor Jenkins' son. So um, I get I get reasons why people want to see him here. Um, but yeah. Uh, for the amount of money that he would ha- he would have to pay and the amount of money you have to send out. Plus, you're going to have to send a first-round draft pick out. You're not going to get that guy just, you know, by doing math with the trade machine. You're going to have to send out, you know, a first-round pick more than likely to get him. I don't want to do anything like that, especially when I think LaRavia can be the same player in two years. So, I'm not. Yeah, I think I think that is the big thing is what do you think LaRavia La- can do? 
And then, I mean, I feel like the only reason why they would try to make a trade for Bogdanovich would be maybe if Jaron was going to be out a little bit longer, mm-hmm. just so they could have a little bit more depth. But then but, what do you do with him? Because I was on Jason and John's show today. What do you do with him when Jaron comes back? That's a guy yeah, who never that's came a problem. Yeah, and you that's don't, true. I'm not, I don't want him starting on the wing. I don't want him, you know. No, I don't. No. Oh, yeah. No, I would only yeah. trade for him if he, if he would be okay to be but coming in, off the bench. Yeah. Coming off yeah. the bench, yeah. Because I think that the starting five is pretty much set in stone, especially like once him, Jaren is healthy. If you get him and he's your Kyle Anderson replacement, talk about a guy you got to play honest around the three-point line. You know what I mean? It's, definitely. That's the definite Kyle upgrade offensively, but defensively he's one of the worst in the league. So, yeah, I don't care about them dudes, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love what we have right now. I love the, the, the team we have. I think that we have a, uh, the way that they develop players. Who knows what Zaire can turn into? Who knows what uh, – uh, uh, Roddy can turn into uh, these guys, they could be incredible, man. So, um, I, who knows what LaRavia can do? I'm good. And we got Kenneth Lofton, who we haven't even talked about, who's you know, they're gonna be they're hiding this beast of a man who's gonna be in, in South Haven <laughs> this year who could yeah, come in that's and be, be like, awesome. Yeah, he could be like he's one of those guys, man. There's no need to try to rush him this year, no need to even really try to play him. Definitely no need to try to turn this contract into a regular contract. That is the advantage of the two ways. Um, a very valuable tool in the NBA right now. If you can have a guy on a two-way contract, that's a guy that you've got that's not even counting on your books for two years. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you can maximize that opportunity. Um, and I think he's going to get a lot of people to go down to South Haven this year, oh, too. Oh, for sure. There's going to be a lot of people going to see play, him. He can be a serious change of pace big because you can throw in and just like, okay, what is this dude? Like who wants to deal with this? You know what I mean? So yeah, I think he could be like he could. He's a guy that could really help out for this team over the years. Yeah, I de- I definitely agree with that. And then I I think that him and Kennedy Chandler are probably both going to be in South Haven for a lot of the year. Yeah, uh, unless something, unless there's like an injury or something. Yeah, like that. I don't that. think we'll see Kennedy too much at all this year. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think the only re- like Kennedy is going to be good for if something happens where it was like last year where John missed a couple weeks and they're going to need a backup point guard because. I, yeah, DeAnthony Melton running backup point guard was not ideal. I, mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. So I, I'm glad we'll have at least another point guard on the roster if something like that does yeah, happen. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're kind of they're just I think he's going to be groomed to be the Tyus replacement because I think after this two year deal, you got to think that Tyus is probably going to move on. Yeah, but, he probably will. Yeah, sure. and you got I, I think that's why it's two get, years. Yeah, yeah, you got two years to get him together. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so we could get, we'll we could get the Mike Conley farewell tour here. We could get Mike Conley to come back and be uh, our back. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't I, that be see, the wildest thing ever? Though? <laughs> that now that that would be something if we could get Mike Conley to come back and be Giles back in like in like thirty seven or whatever. <laughs> hey, look, I, hey, look, I would be behind it. I I love Mike Conley. Mike Conley was, was probably like my favorite player for a long time when I was growing well, up. It one was of, I saw one of my Mark, faves yeah. today. I saw one of my faves today, and you can tell me that he couldn't get back out there. I, I posted pictures of my son with OJ Mayo today. Don't tell me OJ couldn't OJ get back. OJ Mayo. Out there. Oh man. my god. And OJ, hey, OJ Mayo was a bucket on 2K too. Oh man, who you telling? <laughs> I, I remember every time I played with the Grizzlies, you gotta put I, he came off the bench, you gotta put him in the starting lineup every time. Yeah. I don't care. Uh-huh. He was a beast. Like but if, if, that's if I awesome. put my all time team of Grizzlies together, he's he is my shooting guard. So if if I'm, oh, if I'm okay. I'm naming my five. OJ Mayo's there. The Desmond Bain is probably going to edge him out pretty soon. But yeah, OJ is my guy when it comes down to uh, you know guys that were my favorites for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, De- Desmond Bain, he'll have a chance. I think it's right now for me. It's still going to be Tony Allen still, mm-hmm. just ju- just because of everything he meant to the team too. 
but I think Desmond Bain definitely does have a choice. I mean, he's on track to be one of the best shooters in the history of the league. I, I think, I think, yeah, he's had like, if I remember right, it's the second most three pointers made through his first two years. And the only person that had more than him was Duncan Robinson. And that's just because he was on the team with Jimmy Butler his first two years. And right. they just left him wide open. Mm-hmm. So it's like this year, Desmond Bain, I feel like probably had a better year than Duncan Robinson has yeah. ever had. When you consider all the other stuff besides right. just catch and shoot stuff. Sure. But uh, yeah, very excited to see what's going on uh, with everything this season. Uh, One more question I did want to ask you is going to be about the rookies. Uh, so out of the five rookies, I know we said that uh, Roddy and LaRavia were probably going to help the most. Mm-hmm. What do you think is, what do you think they're going to do with Vince Williams? You think he's going to be just a completely G league guy as well, or do you think he'll play at all? Um, I, I kind of like some of the stuff I saw to him in summer league. He's, mm-hmm. we drafted so many guys, man, that are just yeah. effort guys. And those type of guys always find a, a role in, in, in the league. Um, and all those guys can knock down shots, man. And no, no knock at Kennedy Chandler, but they didn't really have a true good high-level point guard they were playing with in the summer league. And I think mm-hmm. if you get those guys on the court with the Tyus Jones, with the John Morant, those shots are going to look a whole lot easier uh, to knock down. Um, I like Vince Williams. I think he's a good player. Um, he's long. He's rangy. I could see him one day, you know, getting into the shooting guard rotation. And I think they're going to have some some John Conchar type of uh, plan for him as far as maybe mm-hmm. kind of getting him spot minutes here, here and there and just kind of phasing them in and seeing what they can what they can do. Hopefully he can continue to bump uh, Conchar up. Um, but, yeah, man, I think he'll be fine. Um, I mean, you know, there's no pressure on him. They drafted 10 dudes or whatever, so it's <laughs> yeah. like there's no – they don't have any pressure for him to play. So, um, But I think – you know, we we we're doubling down on, on our development, man. We've proven to be a team that develops guys, and we double down on it. Just well, let's just go get a bunch of guys, and let's see. Because, like I said, our roster is pretty solid. We've got guys who, um, you know, your core four guys are good, plus your Brandon Clarks, plus your um, your Stephen Adams, your your Zaire Williams. You got that, you know, seven man rotation of guys who you know can play. Tyus Jones as well, seven eight guys you know that you know can play for sure. So if you got these other guys on around the, the the edges, these fringe guys, if you can get them, you know, on a developmental rat, track, and they end up being good, I mean, you know, that's that's a win for sure. Yeah. Well, when I was looking at it, because I was kind of thinking of what his role would be, I kind of see him. I I know that Tilly wasn't on a two way, and Vince Williams is, but I kind of see him kind of as like how Tilly would be. In terms of like when he would play, I think it's gonna be if there's still some COVID stuff going on, if there's some injuries he'll play. But I still, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I don't know how much he's gonna play, but I think it'll be just mostly. It don't really matter. Yeah, it, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, it's not gonna matter that much. I think it'll yeah. be fine. And we then, have a luxury, man. We can just have guys. Cause that's another thing too, man. I remember a few years ago, people mm-hmm. were talking about domestic drafting stash, as opposed to drafting guys who and they stay overseas. Yeah. When you're a team that can draft guys and you can staff you can stash them domestically or have them in the G League and they're developing and and, and eyes aren't really on them, it kinda it just buys you time with these guys, man. And, and you've got that kind of that's something Toronto's been doing. You know, they, they pull in some guy and you never heard of him, but he's been in their system playing for, you know, multiple years. Um, you know, Jordan Poole, another guy who was like that. Golden State had the luxury of letting them just kind of do his thing in the G League and 
it, it works, man. It works for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, last thing kind of before we close up is Danny Green. I know you saw the video this week of Danny Green getting back on the court, putting some shots up. Not sure when he'll be back, but it probably would be not until after February, I'm thinking, is, is what is what I've been hearing. Right. What do you think the Grizzlies do with him? Do you think he'll stay on the roster, or do you think he's one of the, just going to be traded away maybe around the trade deadline or yeah, he'll maybe be on, even before the season? He'll be on the roster. Uh, even though this is a young team, young organization, uh, Coach Jenkins likes to have a vet. He mm-hmm. likes to have a guy he can, you know, be his coach on the floor or whatever. Uh, he did that a lot with Steven Adams last year. He did it a ton when Jay Crowder was here. He did it when uh, 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 um, Solomon Hill was here. He liked to have mm-hmm. the, he likes to have those type of guys on the court. This team has gotten older. They don't particularly need a babysitter on the court. But Danny Green is a guy who provides a wealth of experience and knowledge, uh, even if he's not playing. Uh, we just watched the Golden State Warriors win. And uh, Andre Iguodala wouldn't play in a minute, but you saw him in guys' ears. You saw him knowing where guys need to be, just being that veteran presence. And Danny Green's a guy who's a career 40% three-point shooter, and he shot 40% from three, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, if if he's healthy at all, if he can stay on the court and not get killed defensively, which is something he talked about, if he can knock down shots anywhere close to that clip, how do you turn that down? You know what I mean? A guy who's, you know, one of the greater – three and D players. He was one of the guys where, where three and D came from. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I think, I think he'll be fine if he's able to, if he's able to contribute, he says he's shooting for around the all-star break. Uh, I would love to see it, man. He, he's a guy I've always wanted to see in a Grizzlies uniform and uh, we're going to get some version of that hopefully this season, but you know, I'm pulling for him. Yeah, I am too. I mean, dude, Danny Green used to kill us when he was on the Spurs. I do remember that. Yeah. So I, I I've always been like, if we could get Danny Green, even though he is older now, I'd be fine with it. Oh, imagine I, him I, with those grit and grind teams. With oh, I mean, they they might <laughs> they might have won it all. Won it all. That's what I'm Indeed. saying, dude. I, the thing I I say him, and then I look at it now. Like if you think about Desmond Bain with those teams too, that would have been mm-hmm. insane. But uh, my thing with Danny Green is that. I thought that they were just going to trade him away when they first got him in the trade. Mm-hmm. But then once like the summer league happened and I saw him sitting courtside yeah. with like John Bain and Taylor Jenkins, that kind of did change what I was thinking. And I was like, well, they did lose Kyle who kind of was like the veteran. So I think it'll be good to have him as a veteran guy in the locker room. I agree with that. And then if he can give you any minutes, I think that's fine. I mean, and that that's a guy who's won a championship before, uh knows knows what it takes to get there. Yeah. And I I, I, I like I do that also, wants to be here, you keep him here, man. Period. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And then I like what you said about them not necessarily needing a babysitter anymore, too. Cause I see mm-hmm. I do see a lot of people act like, you know, it's a young team. They gotta have more veterans. But it's like Jer- what is Jaron Jackson Jr. now? This is what year five? Year five, yeah. Yeah. Josh like, year four. Yeah. Like that's their base. I know they're still twenty two and twenty three right. years old. But when you get drafted at eighteen, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like, like Boston has vet role players, but do they need like an emotional bench? Or do they need that guy? Like, it helps, but do 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 Tatum and Brown need that guy? Did they ever need that guy on that team when they no. were young like that? Yeah. No, I mean, they were their skills on the basketball court made them leaders. So you know, yeah, for sure, man. But uh, I'm 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 anticipating a very exciting year. Um. I say this probably every year, but this is probably the most anticipated Grizzly season for me as a, you know, day one, day zero fan. So I'm yeah, here for I, it. I, I, I agree with that. I, I would say this year, this is probably the most anticip- like the most excited I've been going into a season since probably like 2015. 
Yeah. And one of those years when I was like, okay, they really got a chance this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, saying thank you so much for Man, coming on to this episode. You. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug. I know you got some really cool stuff going on. Yeah, so, man. Uh, uh, start writing for Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, check out my article I just wrote about Danny Green. I got another one coming out hopefully this weekend or uh, possibly by Monday uh, about Dylan Brooks. Uh, basically, is is he the – could he be the long-term answer at Power Forward uh, one day for this team? I definitely – I've talked about him being the short-term answer, um, and I'm going to ask the question, could he be the long-term as well? Uh, with Jaron Jackson eventually sliding over to the five. Seen a lot of teams do it, you know what I mean? So uh, use a guy who's small like that as your four. A lot of championship teams have had a guy like that playing your power forward position. Uh, so it's something I want to talk about. Um, of course, Asylum Tees 901, uh, where you can get um, shirts for your local sports teams that I won't uh, – <laughs> that represent your, your local sports teams. I won't, I won't name any names uh, of what you can buy over there. But check that out, AsylumTees91.com. Of course, uh, Asylum Media Group. I dropped another announcement video on that. Uh, the podcast network is coming soon. Not going to drop too many more spoilers. You may see some things coming soon uh, with that as well. I'm really excited about the things uh, going down with Asylum Media Group. Yes, sir. And I'm excited for you. I'm excited for everything that's coming as well. Yeah, uh, and look, thank you to everybody for listening to another episode of the Next Gen Podcast here on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. For saying, I'm your host, Bryson Wright, and I'll see you on the next episode where we will be talking about the Grizzlies training camp, which is coming up very soon.